Welcome to the On Our Way Home podcast for our Cornerstone family and friends. The goal of On Our Way Home is to encourage you to keep taking steps with Jesus, with Cornerstone, and with a few close friends so that we will keep on Jesus's path, a path of truth, which leads to life with the Father. I'm Ryan, your host today, and I'm joined by my friend Don. Good morning, Wednesday morning. Yes, yeah. we're, uh, yeah, it's not Wednesday, but it, or it is Wednesday. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so we will uh, <laughs> we will uh, be uh, jumping right into our podcast. Today we're discussing the book, Come and See. Um, oh, I forgot, I needed to find out a little bit about you, Don, so people know you're my friend, but I mean, so what? Tu, tu eres mi amigo. Si. You are my friend. Yeah, Don is one of my friends who helps me practice my Spanish, so I'm glad to have Don here today. What can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Don? Well, Ryan, I'm a a Michigander, a native Michigander. I was born in uh, Highland Park, Detroit. Yeah. Um, Did my schooling here and... uh, was graduated from the University of Michigan in yeah. 1977. You like uh, you like the the letter M. Yep, and and Joel and I become good friends. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, I left uh, for all practical purposes for 40 years. Yep. After I graduated from Michigan, I I left the state and did a various things. Yes. Uh, Peace Corps and and then uh, worked mostly in the Western United States. Yep. My last 17 years, I was in Alaska. Wow. Raised my children there. That's nice. So you uh, probably have uh, a lot of stories to tell about Alaska. Yep. Plenty of play there. Yes. And then uh, did my 40 years out of the state and came back. So I have sort of a little bit of a Moses story. Okay. So, so you can't come back, Moses. <laughs> yeah, that's great. When We're really glad to have you here in Michigan, Don. We're glad to have you as a part of Cornerstone. Um, you're a really good friend, so I'm thankful that we can spend some time today talking about stuff that's really important. Yes, thank Not you. only for uh, for us individually, you know, as friends, but also as a church. And so, um, this chapter uh, is in co- entitled Gather Round, and so it's all about not uh, starting a church. He had some friends who were going to start a church, but they had already been a church. So they were meeting and they were being a church. And then they said, yeah, but we got to, we have to start our church. And he said, now, wait a second. Um, You don't need to start a church if you already are a church. Um, And that's kind of our journey as a church. We want to make sure that we are um, not just attending services. We want to make sure that we're you know, kind of living a life. Yep, we're doing life together. Right. So, yeah. what are some of the reasons that you think people have for going to a church service, Don? Well, I think uh, part of it is kind of fulfilling a religious obligation, so to speak. Okay. Um, maybe it's to show your children that, you know, they should what they should be doing. Sure. So, you want to be kind of a good example? Good example. So, that's one way maybe you think is being a good example is just going to church on a regular basis. Right. Um, well, hopefully, people are doing it also because they really want to uh, experience the worship of, of God during right. their services. Right. So, worship's uh, yeah. being a part of a, hearing a, a message that can maybe yeah. help your life or yes. uh, seeing if you can make some noise, raise your voice a little bit. <laughs> Some of us don't sing so well, but uh, that's okay. We're we're there to make a joyful noise, right? We're yes. there to worship God. Um, but he said, 
uh, on page 57 of the book, um, you see reminding ourselves and encouraging one another with the life-changing realities of grace is the real job of the church gathered. So, we're supposed to remind ourselves of who we are. Um, and reminding ourselves of what Jesus has done for us and, and how we should be following Him. Right. And why do we need to be reminded of what Jesus has done for us? Oh, because we get so wrapped up in everyday things and and maybe our problems or, or that, and we just have to keep realizing that these are temporary th- problems that we're dealing with, and Jesus has already paved the way for us to right. go to heaven someday. Right, so we need to be constantly reminded um, everything that we need to do as a follower of Jesus can't be done in a one-hour block of time right. one day a week. Um, and so... Sometimes I can think, you know, uh, maybe I should be getting better at my life, and going to church should be helping me to be better at my life. But then if I'm not seeing real changes, you know, it's like, well, why isn't this one hour a week working? <laughs> and really, it's because it's just one hour a week. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one hour a week isn't meant to fix everything. Um, but walking daily with a good, a few good friends, um, can really help and really help our lives. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, some people are more introverted and some people are more extroverted. Yes. I would say I'm right in the middle of that. Okay. Yeah. So you're an (laughs) extro introvert. Intro extrovert? How would you? Yeah, some somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but I I would probably tend more towards the introvert, where it's uh you know you, you recharge your batteries by being alone as opposed to being around a lot of people. Yes, and I would be a person who recharges by being around people. Mm-hmm. Although I do have a limit, and it's sometimes... not a surprise, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yo quiero hablar contigo. Yeah, I want to I want to talk to you. Yeah. So, but that's a good thing. Yes, it's not it's a, a very yeah, good thing. That's the way God's wired me, and yep. and you are very friendly. And sometimes I think people misunderstand. Like an introvert is like, oh, they're not very friendly. It's like, no, that's not true. They get recharged in a different way. Right. Someone and most people, I think, are. I, I know that the break is like fifty fifty or maybe fifty five forty five or something like that. Most people are more introverted. So I mean, it's it's perfectly fine. But when it comes into church. You know, it's like we're expecting you to do more than just attend. We want to see a healthy church, and to be what Jesus really wants us to be, you're going to need to be, uh, like we were talking about before we started recording, you need to be known by God. Right. And you, how can you describe that a little bit, Don? Well, it's to know and to be known, and so it's, it's both knowing God and being known by him, after all, you don't want Jesus saying to you, "Depart from me, I never knew you." No, you got. You want to know if yeah. all the people in life you want to know, yeah, and you want to be known by Jesus would be the one. Yes, yeah. And then the other one is is getting to know people in your church. Yes, and also letting them get to know you. So the way you do that is you have to be around each other, and talking, and and maybe engaging in uh, activities together. Okay, so this is more than just a Sunday. Yes. And um, the one of the things that uh, I was thinking about after reading this chapter was um, it's more like an apprenticeship rather mm. than uh, just an event to attend. 
Um, and the author talks about, Todd Wagner talks about, there's a real big change from attendance to membership in this book. So he's yes. talking, so some people just attend church, but then he's talking about there's a big change from attendance to membership. And it's not, uh, and really he says membership should be the same as discipleship. Yes, and the goal is to be passionately engaged followers, is the way he puts it. Wow, passionately engaged. engaged. Yeah. So it's not just coming and doing a little bit, it's it's really being involved. I'm going to have to get my emotions involved in this? That sounds like it. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I got It shouldn't be hard for you, though. <laughs> <laughs> it might be for me. <laughs> right, so we want to make sure that we're... Uh, it's. Uh, we're really actively, we're kind of leaning into it. I think that's what Acts chapter 2 talks about. These people were devoted not only to attending uh, to hear the apostles preach, but I mean, they were really excited about being together. You know, it was like relationship. They were, um, and there's a difference between attending an event and then sort of being apprenticed to making it more of like all of life. Um, can you think of someone, Don, that you've been apprenticed to or something that you've learned um, learned about uh, or learned how to do something that you were in like relationship with someone while you're doing this? Well, when I was a, a young believer, I was uh, mentored by a man named Rod Kalmbach, who I call my spiritual big brother. That's nice. Yeah. Everybody needs a big brother. Yeah. And he, he just modeled what it is. Him and his wife, Brenda just really modeled what it is to be a Christian. I mean, wow. very self-sacrificing. When you were with them, they gave you their time. You know, they listened to you. So they were not only talking with, you know, they were really engaging with you. Yes, and then they would they helped out with meeting some really, really uh, basic needs. Yes. But, but for Rod, it was really, he was helping out with my spiritual needs. Yeah. I could see that I needed them, and he really helped out that way. Yeah. So, so yeah. So you spent time with them. Yes. Probably not a little bit of time. No, I tried to spend as much time as I could, and I almost ended up uh, moving to where he lives in uh, Oregon. Okay. Because I wanted to be around my big brother again, but I said no. You know, I need to kind of be on my own and do other things. Yeah. As a mature Christian. Right. So, yeah. Yep. So there comes a point at which you don't want to totally rely on your big brother as much. Right. You need to be the big brother exactly. to someone else. And so I'm really glad that you moved to Michigan, moved back to Michigan, yeah. so that we can get a chance to have you be a part of Cornerstone and get to know you and have you get to know us and live life together. It's pretty, it's pretty nice, actually. Yes. I'm really glad that I've become a member here. Yes. But you're not just a member like your name is on a sheet somewhere. Well, you're... it's not on a sheet yet, but it's going to be soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to be part of this body. Yes. And I've, I've met some people and I'm getting to know people little by little. Yes. Yeah, and that's the natural thing. So, yes. I mean, you don't dive in deep all at once. Mm -hmm. Good relationships take time to develop a little bit. I mean, so your big brother, Rod? Yes. You probably, you didn't, he didn't become your big brother at the start. I mean, there was a process to spending time together and more time together, and you wanted to keep on spending time with him. Yes. So that's, I mean, that's the thing. Um, we don't want to be a part of... Um, in page 61, Todd Wagner talks about uh, 
you make a deal. Remember the make a deal show? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make a deal. And it's like, well, I hope this is the deal that he talks about. Um, members agree to validate the pastors and keep showing up and give money enough to keep the lights on at the church and keep the weekly activity operational. And in return, they have passed, the pastors agree to preach civil, encouraging, self-help life messages, never asking much of those attending. So, that deal doesn't sound like a great deal to me. Yes, it's just uh, having people just come and kind of fill seats yeah. and, you know, contribute so that the church can stay open and pay their bills, as they say. Yes. That's not really developing your spiritual life. No, and it doesn't sound really that exciting. No. <laughs> hey, do you want to come and sit in, <laughs> sit in a seat and uh, pay for lights to be on? It's like, uh, no, I can do <laughs> No, <laughs> not in your wildest imagination do I ever want to do that. But the church is not even close to that. The church is a place where you come to know God, like you were just, we were just talking about, and for God to know you. Yes. It's a real relationship. And then you, actually, I get to know even more about God by getting to know you better, Don. Well, yeah, and discussing Bible passages and, and that and kind of getting each other's perspective on things. Iron sharpens iron. Yes. So, yeah, so you can't be a sharp uh, sword if you're just in your sheath. That's true. And if you're sharpening each other, you're probably throwing off a few sparks once in a while, right? Yes, yeah. Pastor Joel's <laughs> been talking about sometimes when we get together, it's a little sparky. Yes. You know, so, but those sparks are good because, just to be honest, I can be pretty complacent. I can be pretty happy with where I am. Mm-hmm. But where I am may not be where God wants me to be, to stay. Um, and all life is really uh, a journey. Um, it's really easy to get out of alignment. Um, when was the last time you had your car aligned? May I ask you a personal question? Well, I'll, I don't know when the last time I've had my car aligned, probably within the last couple of years, but I get myself aligned on a weekly basis. Oh, man. I go to a chiropractor because I get out of line physically. A lot, yeah, and but, so but you, spiritually too, right? And so, so you can you sort of feel your something's not feeling so great, yes. And you say, you know what? It's time for me to go into for my appointment. I need some help, yes. And a church needs to be um, more, um, oh, more than <laughs> more than sitting in a in a seat paying for lights to stay on. Um, that's we need to be living our life on mission. Uh, for Christ, we always get and we always get out of alignment, you know. And I think that you can probably see where I'm out of alignment better, Don. Yes, I don't I mean, know. I don't mean that personally, but yes, we could. <laughs> like again, we can see. You said that too quickly. <laughs> Is there something that I need no, to fix? No, I'm just thinking about you know the speck in your eye versus the log. Yes, your eye is opposed to the speck in somebody else's eye, right? Yes, I can definitely see your speck very, very, very well. Yes, and but you can't see your log. Yes, and that's why <laughs> I need you, and and you need me. Um, God wants us to be more than a regular attender um, uh, at an average weekly gathering of mostly bored adults. Todd Wagner said. Yeah, that's quite a statement, isn't it? Ouch. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, Jesus is the most important person in the universe, and going to worship Him 
should not be boring. Um, but why do we get bored sometimes, do you think? Well, uh, he, Todd Wagner talks about that right after this statement about being bored adults, right? He yes. Said, uh, we don't really believe that that this is what God really wants for us, the fullness of joy, we believe that the age-old lie that God is not really good. Oh, man. And we assume trusting Him will be a burden rather than an incredible blessing. Wow. So that's those are some pretty heavy words too, aren't they? Right, so we can believe a lie. Yes. Do we really believe that God wants us to have a full, wonderful, joyful life? Or do we think He just wants to... S- to sit in a seat and pay for lights to be (laughs) turned on. No, I mean, Jesus, he didn't call his followers for no purpose. I mean, he called them to change the world. Um, And we're a part of that ever-continuing saga, if you want to look at it like that. God's still not done changing the world, right? Hallelujah. Yeah, and so he's, and and yes, he's, uh, and he's going to use us. Um, So, this is one of those verses. So, in the Bible, there's this verse that says, "Taste and see that God is good." That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good verse. Yeah, that's part of Psalm 34, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So, the thing about tasting and seeing that God is good, I mean, so uh, you want to keep coming back for more. Yes. And um, what's a place that you like to eat? A food you love, or a meal that you would always come back for, Don? Boy, there's a few places. I, uh, I found uh, Table 14 here in town. It's oh, man. got some really good food. Yes. And yeah. uh, I don't go there very often, but I sure like it when I do. Yes. Yeah. And actually, uh, if I can let out a secret, we're going to have a little meal after this pod- podcast is over. Yes. At El Rancho. Me gusta El Rancho. Vamanos. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> because Now, why is it that we like to go there? Um, or why would you go back to any restaurant, Table 14 or any other other good restaurants that we have here in town? Well, you, you figure the, the quality of the food is consistently good. Yeah, so the food, actually, you can smell it. Yeah. You know, the, is So, you walk in and it's not boring. It's like, ooh, I'm looking forward to yeah, this. I can't wait to dive, dive in. Right, So the and the flavors are going to be good. Mm-hmm. What else is going to be good about that? Well, they're going to have good service. You want you want people to attend to you, and uh, you know, they'll not gre- be too, not be overly aggressive, but they come and they take care of you, and you know. Yes, and yes, and that's really so. And I could always, you know, I I could go back to El Rancho today. Yeah, you probably are going. To. Well, I, yeah. I yes, Lord willing, I'll get there. But I could go tomorrow. Yes, um, I could go the day after that. Um, and that's the way, so that's the, an, an analogy, a picture of what the church should be. It's like, man, that meal was so good. I got to go back and get more of that. And the meal isn't a thing. It's a, it isn't a thing. It's a relationship with Jesus and with other people. Yes. And I mean, you've experienced that at different points in your life. How, you know, how can you describe for church? Because some people listening to the podcast are not actively pursuing Jesus in a church. They might be on their own. You know, it's like, well, I'm a believer, but I just, this church thing, I just not, I'm not that sure about it. How could we help people realize that the real good stuff, you know, the good, the good meal is right here? In relationship, how how what would you say to someone? Well, we're we're uh, told that we need to gather together. For one thing, it's part of God's word. 
Right. And uh, do even more so as you see the day approaching. Yes. So as things get worse and worse, we should be gathering more and more together. Yes. To uh, help each other out, to grow spiritually. Yes. And, uh, you know, to to just share life together. Just yes. Just to share everything together. Right. So it's a process. When you share something, I mean, you're blessed. So when yes. I share something with someone, I'm blessing someone. And when someone shares sh- something with me, I'm blessed by that. So we're mutually... And, w- and when we come together, the Bible says that Jesus is right there in the middle. Mm-hmm. When two or three are gathered... Jesus said, there I am right in the middle of that. And a cord of three strands cannot be easily broken. So when there's two of you with Jesus, Man. wow, now yeah, you got so, something going. Yeah, so you can't, you can't break that bond. Yep. And, and that's, what, that's what we want people, that's what God wants all of us to be a part of, this thing that is going to make you better. It's going to, because you're going to, the more often we get together, the more we're going to be able to encourage one another spark, right? Sharpen each other and hopefully be more like Christ. So the more we are together, I think that's an old song, right? The more we are together, the together, together. It's a child song. It is a kid's song. (laughs) The more we're together, the happier we'll be because your friends are my friends and my friends are your friends. Sorry, I'm not going to bust into song here, but that's, (laughs) but that's a really good thing. So, um, you know, I think Don, we want to encourage people to be a part of a local church. Yes. And to be more than just uh, attenders on Sunday, to get involved in other things and to really get to know one another. Right. And you don't have to jump in all at once. Right. Let's take a step, right? Yes. So maybe, you know, whoever is listening, what step can you take this week to be closer to Jesus and closer to some other people in a local, a local church? Um, it says this in the book, I think, when we live as God intends us to live, we will be alive as God intends us to be. And soon we will see that Christ is doing exactly what he is doing when he was physically walking on the earth, creating stories that gather crowds and keep disciples up late at night, reveling in the hope. I mean, I love that. It's like, this is too good to be true, right? Yes. Um, and gives us awe that this life with God is good that he's providing for us. So, uh, I want to thank everyone for being a part of our podcast today, uh, being a part of what Jesus is actively doing in people's lives. And uh, if this podcast has been an encouragement to anyone uh, out there, you could uh, send a, just send us a little note. Um, we'd love to hear, you know, how this podcast is helping you, maybe helping you take some steps. And you can send a note to office at cbcluddington.com if you want to send us an email. That would be great. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we hope to catch you next time on our way home. Thanks so much for being a part. Thank you, Don. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. We will uh, look forward to lunch. Yes, indeed. Here we go. Vamanos. (laughs) 